mindfulness mode. Focusing on what you need and what will help you be the best version of yourself, whether that is, you know, I need to go to the gym more and get physically fit or I need to take a walk. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to the show again. Today, I have a storyteller with me and he is just passionate about capturing and sharing narratives of people through photography and through video content. And I can tell you that I personally believe that in order to really do that successfully, you need to have a pretty strong element of mindfulness. How do you stand out in a crowded digital space? That's one of the things he does. Well, I think to be able to do that, I think you have to understand mindfulness, but we're going to find out. I'm here today with Noah Hutton. Noah, are you in mindfulness mode today? I'm absolutely in mindfulness mode today. Well, that's great. So Noah, what does mindfulness mean to you? So I was thinking about this uh, last night as I was prepping for this podcast, and I think it's kind of two things. They both go together, though. Um, one is kind of focusing on yourself and really kind of figuring out, you know, what where you are with yourself, whether that's mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, finding out things that you need to kind of uh, work on with yourself. Um, and it's, that's kind of come to the forefront of my life with, uh, you know, starting my own business. Um, the other thing is making sure that you take time for yourself and do the things that you really enjoy. So for me, that's kind of, um, you know, doing things that are more or less muscle memory. So I, I recently went back to building Lego sets and that's kind of a weird thing to do, but it's kind of a childhood like memory I had. And whenever I got really stressed or I would, you know, I, I picked up one a couple uh, months ago, maybe even a year ago. I just kind of picked up one. It's like, oh, I'm at, I'm at the Lego store in Chicago. I might as well grab one. And I really enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, I remember this as a kid. And so I and I, I started picking up more and more. And it was just kind of became like a therapy session for me. It's just kind of this like little thing that I do um, whenever I can find one that's like cheap, like 20 bucks or whatever. Um, just pick it up and, and do it. Um, I maybe throw on a movie, uh, which is another thing I love to do. So that's kind of how I take take time for myself and do these things that are more or less muscle memory. They don't take any thought at all. They're just kind of therapy for me. Um, and then going back to the first one, uh, just kind of figuring out where you are, where you are with yourself is so important to me. Um, I've, you know, entrepreneurship is not easy. It's not, uh, you know, fun all the time. It's very stressful. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of you know, getting told no or getting told like, oh, that's a little silly job you have or like little job you have that's cute. But, you know, having that strength, that mind, that mindset um, is really, really important. So that's something I've kind of focused on working on uh, the past few months, especially. But I mean, I kind of realized that as I've uh, when I started my my business in July of last year was, you know, when I really realized like, oh, I need to like work on myself if I'm going to be successful in this uh, this um, job. So Noah, when did you first identify yourself as a storyteller? So I think that you have to go back to college for me, so which is not that far back because I'm only 23. But okay. uh, back in college, I joined um, a group called Pretty University Dance Marathon. And we would where we raise money for Riley Hospital for Children, which is a children's hospital in uh, Indianapolis in Indiana. Um, and we raise money specifically for pediatric cancer research and the child life. Uh, services that they provide at the hospital. Um, and so I got involved in that because one of my friends was like, hey, you need to get you need to do more video projects. Uh, we were both in the film program at Purdue. And he was like, you need to 
you need to get involved in this because it's really cool and I really enjoy it and the people are great. So I did. He actually was like, you didn't even like say like, oh, you should join this. You should just come to a meeting. He's like, so Saturday you're shooting this thing. You are shooting this 5K. You're taking the photography. And I was like, oh, I guess I am. I guess I'm doing this now. And so I did. Um, and I absolutely loved it. I kind of, I stayed as a committee member, which is kind of the lowest level of commitment um, in the organization and grew up into a leadership role. And so in the leadership role, I was in charge um, with along with a co um, chair of videography um, of making videos for the the group. And so we would promote fundraising initiatives we had, or we would do different events that we were doing, um, different meetings, we would kind of showcase that or we would create content that we would send to the hospital. And, you know, to just uh, help the kids have a little bit of enjoyment in such a hard time in their life. And so that is kind of where I first saw that, like, oh, I need to, I'm really telling stories here. You know, whether it's not necessarily narrative, it's not necessarily like telling like a person narrating a story, it's kind of just showcasing what we're all about. So, for example, like March Madness is coming up for basketball right now. So in dance marathon, we would have something similar, like a bracket challenge with the different committees and fundraising challenge there. And so I would have to figure out a way to create a fun video to kind of showcase the different teams and showcase the different uh, like kind of themes that they had with their team. And so that was kind of that's telling a story that's telling the story of the teams that are competing against each other. Um, and then the other kind of big example of this is when you're in my position in that group, the big kind of end of the year seminal moment, I guess you would say in that organization is the actual dance marathon. So it's an 18 hour event where you're you're up, you're dancing, you're having a good time, you're hearing the stories from the kids at Riley, you're uh, fundraising, you're, it's kind of a celebration of all of our efforts throughout the year. And as a videography chair, along with my co-chair, Tori, at the time, we were in charge of creating the kind of marathon video. So we would we would be we would have everybody in our committee go out and take video of the event and we would go out and take video of the event and then we would go back to our little room and edit this video in real time so we would have the video going and it came out to you know a five six minute video but we were doing it from we got there at like 7 a.m the morning of to like 10 a.m the next day so we were just editing this video um kind of telling the story of the whole event from the start with people coming in all excited to you know the middle people are dancing but they're absolutely just exhausted because it's 2 a.m and you haven't slept and you're just running on adrenaline and caffeine um to like 10 a.m where everybody is just emotional everybody's crying it's so exciting we do the final reveal um, of all the money that we raised the, the for that year and so that was kind of um one of the big moments i would say in my videography career of like i created this really important video that i had always like dreamed of creating in in dance marathon um and that uh that it kind of tells the story of this event in, a, in an organization that i'm insanely passionate about and i'm just excuse me and i'm still involved in to this day i go back to purdue and you know meet with people that are still in dance marathon i'm an alumni of the organization and so but that that moment of creating that video is something that will stand out as kind of a storytelling milestone for me uh throughout my my career wow, that's so a pretty far. cool story it's pretty fascinating hearing that and just hearing you talk about it Noah, i can tell how passionate you are about what you do that's that's pretty cool to hear and i know that a lot of people who are passionate identify with the whole idea of mindfulness so mm -hmm. when when you get really super focused on what you're doing do you think of that as a form of mindfulness yeah i think so for me 
whenever I'm starting a new project or starting a new, you know, whatever I'm doing, um, whether it's related to videography in my job or not, I just have to, I have to start it. Like I, I get so worried about it in the beginning, like kind of thinking about the run up to it. Mm-hmm. But then once I start it, I'm just in a groove. I'm just moving. I'm just, you know, video editing is that way for me where like once I put that first clip on the timeline of my video editor, I'm just going. I'm just like yeah. dropping clips in and moving music around and editing cool. and it's all muscle memory. So when, once I get going, wow. it's just like it's like it's just is happening. Like I don't I don't really think about it. it. It's not necessarily stressful. It's almost calming in a way once you get to this like that event, that 18 hour marathon is so stressful there's a ton of like things that have to go right a lot of logistical problems um i have to be different places i have to lead different people but once i was just sitting and editing had my headphones on just going like it was just it's so calming and so so i do think that it is a form of mindfulness um like i talked about how like you have to be like you know right with yourself and do the things that um kind of help you de-stress even though it's work for me sometimes it's stressful most of the time it's not and it's just kind of I'm just going. I'm just telling the story. I'm constructing. It's like the Lego sets. Like I see video editing as kind of building a Lego set in a way. Like you're just kind of putting the pieces together, putting a sound effect here, a sound bite here, you know, it's transitioning here. And so I really do see it as kind of a form of mindfulness um, when I'm, you know, in my groove and just I'm going. Oh, that's really cool. Well, I know that you just recently got back from Mardi Gras and I'm just fascinated to know what that was like. It must have been pretty interesting. And, I, and I'm and i just uh, interested in the fact that as, uh, as a result of COVID being over, now people are just kind of getting out a little bit more and doing more celebrating, more partying. Are you seeing a kind of a resurgence of excitement and partying as a result of that? Yeah, so I'm not the biggest partier. Uh, I'll admit, Mardi Gras was I was there for work, so I didn't necessarily get to celebrate as much. I did go out a little bit and kind of see the the city, you know, just erupt in celebration uh, and parading and people just it was just it was wild, but it was amazing. So yeah, I do I do see people I see the travels up, you know, people are wanting to go out. Um, I'm trying to do more trips if I can travel for work or for pleasure, because you know people were locked up for a year, two years, three years, whatever it was. They want to get out. They want to like have these experiences. They're seeing the the value of experiences, um, and that's kind of another thing, kind of related back to mindfulness. Like that that trip for me, that trip down to New Orleans. I was working, but I was doing photography for a, a corporate conference there. But it, it was again one of those things where like once I got going, I was just in a groove. I was just you know my camera. I was taking pictures. I was like I don't. I just capture this and I'll I'll edit later. But so like that event i had never done corporate event photography before and i asked to do it um and it was fantastic and it was weird because you know it was very chaotic it was mardi gras everybody was you know alcohol was involved people were kind of uh just having a good time um at this event and it was great and it was so chaotic and you know i was all over the place in the hotel kind of capturing this event and I was just drained by like by like noon of the day of the event. It was a three day event, but like noon of one of the days, I was like, I'm just I'm done. Like energy wise, I'm done. But I still have another four hours to go. But I I could I was able to push through those four hours, and then I wanted to do it again the next day. Uh-huh. And then when I left, I really wanted to go back and do it again. Like I wanted to be flying to my next location to shoot again. Like it was just that fun. That's cool. So that kind of brings it back to how I talked about like getting in a groove with my work, like. So, you know, I can be nervous about the event, like, oh, am I prepared? Do I have the right lens? Do I have the right 
my my SD card's gonna work. You know, my camera's gonna break. I only have one camera. Like this is gonna be big. And Mar like New Orleans shuts down during Mardi Gras, so if, like all these things were running through my head. But once I was going, and people were, and I would like deliver some of my photos, and they'd be like, they would love them, and then that would kind of fuel me even more. So you know, once I get going in my work, I'm just like in a groove. I'm my mind's clear. I'm focused. I know what I need to do. I'm talking to people. You know, like one on one like this, I love these conversations. And so I was trying to have those during the event too with the attendees and the presenters and vendors. So I was just like in a groove um, and it cool. was great and everything was chaotic, but it was still great. That's that's really awesome. Now, I know you've got a podcast called The Rest of Us. I'd like to just ask you, where did you come up with the name for the podcast and what's it been like having a podcast? How are you enjoying this? Yeah. So The Rest of Us, it's really interesting. I've tried to figure out a different way to explain the name because the original kind of meaning of the name was kind of out of spite and kind of out of a negative place. So I, when I came out of college, I had zero job offers. I applied to like 120 positions. I had an interview, I had two interviews, no job offers. And so I was obviously very upset about that and like kind of, you know, spiteful towards the organization or the people that like didn't hire me. Mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of more of a negative mindset that I've, you know, tried to leave behind because it was not productive in any way. But in the moment, I was, I, I it was in that kind of mindset of spite where I kind of came up with the name, like the rest of us, like, you know, there's the nine to fivers and there's the rest of us that are making our own way because we have to, because nobody will hire us kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But in a more positive spin on that, I think it's just kind of, there's the people that almost have to be entrepreneurs and have to be creatives and have to be creators because they just have that that need to create, that need to tell a story, that need to you know run their own, run their own business, have something that they've created. Because like even if an entrepreneur is like running a retail store or they're running like a clothing brand or a tech company, they're still creating something. They're creating a business. They're creating a brand. And so I think for me, that's kind of again why I started the podcast was I had this need to create. I needed to tell stories. I needed to talk to people. And also with entrepreneurship, it's really lonely. It's a really lonely profession, especially starting out. You know, once you hire and you have a business partner, that will help with that. But in the beginning, when you're just a solopreneur, it is extremely lonely. And so I was like, I need to talk to people. And the podcast idea kind of came out of a conversation I had with one of my friends who's an interior designer. She's absolutely fantastic. I love talking to her about business. And she just started her own company, which is really exciting. But we just meet and we could go for 10 hours. Like We could just talk about just business and entrepreneurship. And I was like, I need to have more of those conversations. And I've had a lot of them with people you know, on my podcast or off my podcast. But just having those conversations, it helps me um, kind of just learn from other business uh, owners and stuff like that. So it was out of a little bit out of spite in the beginning, but now it's out of more of a need to create. Um, and this has been really exciting. I just released my 10th episode today. Cool. And I have another five after that that are recorded and more, you know, to come. So it's been a really exciting process. But that's kind of the origin story of the of the podcast. So do you usually interview people in your own city or your own area? No. So I've actually interviewed all over the country. Um, I've talked to people. I actually have an interview coming up with a guy from Australia, which is really cool. I've talked to people in England. I've talked to people all over the country. Um, I started out very local, you know, people I met at Purdue or my first episode was somebody I went to high school with, but I have friends all over the country. I met people all over the, all over the country with this job. Um, I have a, there's a founder that I met at the conference I was uh, shooting at. She's going to be a guest, hopefully. Um, she's from 
somewhere in Europe. I don't know where. I know the company's based in London, but she's from a different country. But it's going to be a really interesting conversation, I think. Um, and so, I've yeah, I've talked to people all over the country. And that's kind of the beauty of the podcast is being remote for now, at least. I want to build a studio eventually, but right now I'm, I'm remote recording. And it just allows me to talk to anybody anytime. Um, and it's been a really great experience talking to everybody and learning from people. Right. And what city are you in? I'm in Warsaw, Indiana. So it's not the most well-known town, but if you're looking at Indiana and you see Indianapolis, just go about two hours north okay. and you're going to hit Warsaw. So it's about, it's like mid middle north of the state. I see. Okay. Uh, no, I always ask a question about bullying and uh, I know you're a storyteller, so I'm, I'm figuring you'll probably have a story about it, but I used to work in bullying prevention for a long time. And mm -hmm. I find that mindfulness and bullying are very closely related because if, you know, you can truly be mindful probably you can get through some of these situations and it may not affect you in the same way. But do you have a story where bullying maybe would have made a difference? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I was thinking about this last night too. Um, and I, I was really weird because in high school, I always had this mindset of kind of like, that would never happen to me. You know, like bullying is very evident and I see it in high school, I see it in middle school or whatever, but that's not gonna, that's not me. I would never have that experience. But as I, as I, you know, matured and got through college and thinking back on these moments, I realized that the the bullying I experienced, um, and I was thankful to not have like a ton of serious, uh, you know, events like the people would think about, but it was more just out of like teasing and just kind of out of like being the butt of a joke or like having these like kind of um, passive aggressive, like friendships um, and things like that, that always happened without my friend group. Um, and we were always just like picking on each other and sometimes it was fun and you know it's just kids being kids and all this kind of stuff which is totally great and kids should be you know like grow up that way but there were there were points where I looked back on it and I was like oh I, I felt kind of bad after that after they said that or I like I felt bad after that situation and so um, you know I didn't really I didn't really think of it that way until I got into college and matured and had all these like just a better mindset on my past and be able to reflect in a more mature way, kind of looking at it and be like, oh, that actually did happen to me. You know, I was thankful that it wasn't like I didn't get pushed in a locker or anything like that or beat up or anything like that. But like the mental kind of bullying in a way, you know, people knew like what my buttons were that they could push and stuff like that. And so that's really where that came out, um, especially in high school for me. Yeah. And since you started your own business and been doing your own thing, have you found any signs of that kind of behavior in the work world? Um, Not really. I see, I don't really see that kind of behavior. I mean, I think a lot of people, especially if they are um, in a similar mindset that I am, especially in the creative field, a lot of us really just want to support each other, which has been great. You know, videographers want to help videographers. We want to hire each other on projects and you know, send our work to each other and be like, hey, like, just destroy this project. Just give me all your critiques that you can because I want to get better. And so we all want to work together. Um, I do see kind of a little bit of elitism sometimes in in the workplace, whether it is, um, it's, but it can be generational, I think, mm -hmm. you know, being so I work in real estate media a lot. And there are a lot of younger realtors that are coming into the profession that are my age. And I love working with them because we're all just kind of hustling and grinding and, you know, trying to uh, figure out, you know, if we can be successful in our careers. But a lot of the older agents, um, and not a lot, I don't want to say a lot because I work with a lot of agents that are fantastic. But some of the older agents, they can have a little bit of elitism to them, like their team leaders or if they are sold a ton of 
listings and properties, there is a little bit of like, I don't know, elitism is probably the best word for that. Just kind of uh, holier than thou, like, you know, I'm I'm the agent, I'm selling the million dollar property, you're just the photographer, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just paying you a couple hundred dollars to do this and I'm making $100,000 on this project or whatever it is. So I think that comes into it, but um, I think generally people are pretty mature and th- just the way that they interact with everybody and pretty uh, kind, but there's a little bit of that um, in, the, in the profession for sure. No, the title of the episode that we're doing here is called Growing a Creative Business. Why do you believe being creative is so important? So, I mean, it's it kind of comes with my work. You know, I'm, I'm providing creative solutions to companies, but also... It's, it's just a way to kind of have a different perspective on your business and different ways of going about doing things. So I think, especially with, with COVID, people kind of realize that the, the way that we've been doing things isn't going to work anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think in the beginning, we were always like, oh, this is going to be a few months and then we're going to go back to 2019. We're going to go back to what we were doing. And that's just like, that's a thing of the past. We're not going to go back to anything. Like we're all... We're doing all of this new, you know, new things, whether it's new ways to market your business, new ways to sell your business, new ways to do anything. And so I think that being creative and kind of thinking outside the box is really, really important because in, in order to stand out in such a saturated world, you know, it's it's easier than ever to start a business now. And so anybody can pick up a camera and start their photography business. Anybody can and I love that. Like I, it allowed me to start my photography business, sure. but it forces me now to be more creative in how I market myself, how I grow my business, how I like being on a podcast. Like that wasn't necessarily a thing five years ago of how you grow your business, but you know, to, in part of the way that I want to grow my podcast to grow my business is guesting on podcasts or you know talking to other business owners, joining networking groups, all these different things. You know, the days of Facebook ads and Google ads to grow your you know, six, seven figure business there, they might be still there for some areas, but generally speaking, that's not necessarily the way you're going to grow your business. Now you have to be creative. You have to be willing to kind of make fun of yourself and have fun and, uh, you know, make videos that you may look back and be like, what did I do? But in the moment it was really fun. And it, it, you know, it was, it, it helped to grow your business, help get attention on your business. So I think it's really important now to be creative and just think outside the box and sure. how you are, uh, marketing yourself and growing your business um, and building a business. Sure. I know your website is noah-hutton.com, N-O-A-H-H-U-T-T-O-N. What's the name of your business, Noah? My business is NTH Productions. So it's my initials, Noah Thomas Hutton Productions. Um, I am working on a new website that will be a little more apt to the business name. But uh, yeah, it's NTH Productions. It's always it's kind of weird. I, I started like a photography page on Instagram and it was NTH photography. And that was just kind of a place to put my photos. And then that kind of evolved into where my production company is now. So it's NTH productions. I see. So as we move forward to the interview, Noah, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this, who is one person that's been a powerful mindfulness influence for you in your life? I would have to say um, probably my my friend Olivia, who uh, I talked about was the interior designer that I met with. You know, she brings a different perspective to, you know, owning a business, but also just life. And so I 
whenever I talk to her, I just get that different perspective on like, you know, just how she sees the, my business and sees her business. That's, that's interesting. Tell us how mindfulness has helped you deal with your emotions. I think I kind of alluded it in the beginning of the podcast, but you know, just focusing on what you need Mm -hmm. and what will help you be the best version of yourself, whether that is, you know, I need to go to the gym more and get physically fit, or I need to take a walk Mm -hmm. or I need to do something that I enjoy, you know, watching a movie, building a Lego set, whatever travel it, it's focusing on what you need and that'll just help you like be more successful um, in life because you are right with yourself. Sure. I want to talk about breathing. We haven't touched on this yet. Do you have any special breathing techniques that you use or any comments on breathing as it's related to mindfulness? Not necessarily. I mean, I think more what I do is I, I'm able a lot more now to kind of recognize when I'm in a state of like really stressed or a lot of anxiety. And I've been able to recognize that a lot more than that is when I can kind of you know, do what I need to do to get out of that. But um, I don't necessarily use like breathing techniques, but I just, I kind of realized what anxiety looks like for me and what stress looks like for me. And then that's kind of where I do the things that I do to de-stress. Sure. And uh, are there any books that you would recommend that are related to mindfulness? So um, Atomic Habits by James Clear is one I just started reading. I'm not super far into it, so I can't speak for the whole book, but every entrepreneur, business owner, coach, Everybody that I've talked to recommends it. Um, and I think habits are so important when you're starting a business or especially for me, like coming out of college, like getting you know your life in order, starting um, getting those habits in order is super important because it helps you to have some control in your life, especially you know as a business owner, things can seem out of control a lot of the time. Um, even when like you have you can do anything you want as a solo entrepreneur, but there's a lot of things that are out of your control. And so getting these habits, a daily routine, the way you'd like to do things, the way I edit video, the way I, you know, deliver things to my clients, however, my workflow, getting those habits in order really helps with having a clear head and knowing exactly what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. Yeah, for sure. And are there any apps that you use in your business or your everyday life that really help you stay focused? So one that I just added, and it's very specific to the real estate um, media industry, but it's called Aereo. Um, and it's how I deliver my, how people order my uh, services and how I deliver them to my agents. And that has been a lifesaver for me because it, it eliminates the back and forth of, okay, like, I want you to shoot this house. Okay, what time? Okay, where's the house? Do you want drone photos? Do you want video? Like just the back and forth of that. Um, it allows them to just order what they want. And then I deliver it them and then they pay throughout the app and it also allows me to take payment before they get their photos Uh because i've had issues with people not paying Mm -hmm. in the past and Mm -hmm. me delivering the the work so that was you know when those things happen when people didn't pay those are really stressful right um and i was like you know they owe me x number of dollars my business has fifty dollars in the bank account. Like I need this money yeah. to continue. Yeah, you know. So this this app, um, it's very specific to what I do, but it helped a lot with guaranteeing the money to come in because as a business, cash flow, especially in the beginning, is so crucial to keeping your business afloat. So Noah, how do you spell Aereo? It's A R Y E O. Okay, I'll check that out. That's interesting. That 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 is something that works so effectively for you. That's really great. Yeah. 
Well, it's really awesome to talk to you, a young entrepreneur who's making your way and making things happen and and just growing. And how exciting is that? Do you have any any final words of advice for us as we move forward as as far as mindfulness is concerned? Yeah, I think I think one thing I realized as I've kind of grown as an entrepreneur and you know, in the short time I've owned a business is that one thing for business owners is just people you need to get out and talk to people whether that is in networking for your business, going to events, going to parties, going to whatever, or just going to a bar or going to a restaurant and talking to people um, or meeting up with friends. So you need to talk to people. I think, you know, the, like video chatting like we are is great. And I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs over video and never met them in real life. But those conversations I've had, whether they're one-on-one or in a networking group locally for me, that's really where I've seen the most growth personally and professionally. And so I think if anybody has, you know, an issues with anxiety, stress, whatever, there's a lot of different fixes for that. And everybody has a different way. But for me, getting out and being social as an introverted person, that's such a weird thing to say. Like I'm the most introverted you could possibly be. But getting out and being social has really like helped me grow as my, as a person, grow as a, as a business owner. Uh, and just, you know, it's really I enjoy it when I am like in these one-on-one situations. So it's a, it's a weird thing that I've realized, but it's kind of necessary for me now. I can't go without talking to people. So, yeah, no, thank you so much for being a guest on mindfulness mode. I really appreciate it. Yes. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Thanks. All the best. Bye now. Bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I want to mention that, you know, maybe you are experiencing some challenges right now in life. Maybe you're feeling like you're stuck or you just are not able to move forward and accomplish what you want to accomplish. That's exactly what I do is I help people through my coaching who are feeling frustrated. Maybe some anxiety is involved. Maybe uh, you can't get through some kind of a habit that's holding you back. Well, I use hypnosis, as I'm sure you've heard me talk about this before, to help my clients move forward quicker and just leave these things behind and because you are a mindful tribe listener i'd love to offer you a free session so you are welcome to send me an email send me a message at bruce at mindfulnessmode.com so that we can jump on a free session And we will talk about this. We will talk about how it is possible for you to move forward. And all you need to do is just have this kind of determination to actually accomplish this. So I'm asking you to put, I'm determined right there in the subject line of this email. Again, it's Bruce at mindfulnessmode.com with the subject, I'm determined. And I challenge you to send me that email and we will jump on a free call and talk about how you can move forward. And with that, I just ask you to take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus and happiness. Stay in the mode.